So, uh, just a trigger warning tonight. We're going to be talking about Burt Reynolds' death. So, if you can't handle it, get the fuck out. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, did I? I just broke the oh, news no, to you, you about Burt. <laughs> oh yeah, 82. Did I ruin? Is your? Are you, are you in the mood for comedy now? <laughs> is, like Smokey uh, did. Well, he does back. look like Smokey in the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're about the right age to have him be your idol, right? That's good. Your childhood idol. I bet you never heard of Mac Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Lonnie Anderson's okay, so it's fine. <laughs> Early masturbatory memory of Lonnie Anderson. Sure. Remember was she also on WKRP? Sound yes. Fields yes. Like oh, so my hot. God. Yeah. All right. Sally well, Fever. let's get the show started. I'm Johnny Fever. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience you guys. in a show called... <laughs> <laughs> oh! Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to Stab here at uh, 1710 Broadway, Sacramento, California. Nine five eight one eight six eight one eight. Okay. Seven. We're in Southland Park District. Yeah, if you want to send the mail. Yeah. Hate mail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> come by, see a show every Friday at about ten twenty. That's when we get started. Uh, do you guys want to meet your contestants? All right, there's Mike Sella. Clap for him. Mike Sella. Ali Ada. Ali Ada right there. Clap for her. Jason B. Right there. And Jesse Jones. Right there. Very good. Uh, my name is John Morris Ross IV. I was named after uh, Burt Reynolds. Uh, sorry, to bring, sorry to bring it up again. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you for coming to a show. Uh, um, Jesse, mm. we'll start with you. You're back from Burning Man. It's true. How did, how, what weird stuff did you do there? Just stuff. Did you do drugs? Did you do any drugs while you're what? there? What? That's not a thing that <laughs> happens. Do they do drugs there? I, that, well, not, I mean, I suppose. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done at Burning Man? I don't know. It's been nine years. Is just there something I can't? Nothing sticks out. Maybe it's, it's just, just too weird all the time. Just a drug binge. Yeah, like the whole time. Sure. Yeah. That so was just like at home. Just yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, just like Rancho Cordova. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I bring Rancho with me wherever I go. So that's <laughs> take the boy out of Rancho. Never <laughs> take. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, I drink breast milk. Last night. Last night. Last night. Okay. Yeah, not at Burning. I've never been to Burning Man. <laughs> I just, I've drank breast milk recently. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a camp. A whole tent that just. Yeah. Yeah. just <laughs> that's like a picture like a Burning Man coffee shop. You're like two two percent <laughs> almond or breast, and there's just like some I, lady I can't say that you're wrong. Milking. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being here again. Thanks yeah, for coming sure. back. Yeah. Appreciate it. Figure it might as well. My name's on the lease. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Jason B. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You 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 helped us put that door in right there. Yeah. Oh, I helped. You did. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't here. <laughs> Jesse told me you helped him a little bit. Yeah. 
you put that entire structure together. Yeah. We appreciate it. Still works, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Allie, you do bubbles for a living. <laughs> right? I'm a bubbleologist. Bubbleologist. That's the, that's the term. That's the PC term. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hear the non-PC term of what they call you. Right. Like, like bubble lady. Bubble. Bubble girl. Dr. Bubble. None of that bullshit. Nothing. I'm a fucking bubbleologist, a bubble. guys. What, like, who needs bubbles? Everyone. Okay. Everyone needs bubbles. Like, I, I perform for kids, but, like, there's always adults there who have to, like, you know, right. they're, they're the supervisors of whatever event or the parents or whatever, and they, like, get so much out of the show, too. They learn so much science about bubbles, and I think it would be a good thing for adults to do. Call Bubble Mania if you want to book a show. <laughs> hey. How did you get that? How did you get that job? Um, do you know Diana Hong? Yes. She is also a bubbleologist. She doesn't advertise it like I do, but she got me the job. <laughs> and she doesn't dress up like I do. So their, their uniform is um, black polos and uh, khakis. And they don't know that I'm, like, they don't know that I'm violating the dress code yet. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a company in L.A. I uh, don't know. Well, we're going to let them know. So. I feel like you should have went to Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burning Man for kids. Bubbles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mike, hey, Sella, how's it going? Good, how are you? Pretty good. I do bubbles too. You do, do you? <laughs> I blow bubbles when I spit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The That's same science applies. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I imagine putting just, bl- hey, can you blow things? And they're, and they're like, yeah, and then hired. Is that... <laughs> You couldn't, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know what? That's, That's enough of the banter segment. Let's go ahead and. I feel like everyone knows me real well. Great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mike, sorry. <laughs> no, it's cool. Mike, is this Mike, part of it? You, you do a show you want to plug? Oh, uh, that's all right. Let's is it here it. or. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll do it at the end. Let's, what's that? Let's play Stab. <laughs> Dang it. I was going to try to cut you off. <laughs> I knew you were setting me up. <laughs> Didn't fall for it. This first segment uh, is called Reorganization. Uh, it's a fan favorite. Uh, please take this, uh, ex- this acronym and reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? As we all know, sorry, sir, uh, yesterday uh, actor Burt Reynolds died and went to hell at the age of 82. <laughs> I must have. Uh, he, was a bad, he was a bad guy. Um, and remember, it's that old bugger. Uh, today's acronym is STASH, S-T-A-C-H-E. Mike Sella, what does STASH mean to you? Uh, STASH now stands for STAB, Topical and Challenging Haiku Event. Uh, a frequent segment on the popular game show podcast, STAB, where host and head scuba salesman John Ross <laughs> picks a rid- ridiculous and obscure news story and contestants are forced to write haikus about it. Love haikus? Love challenges? Come take a ride on this STASH. <laughs> That's very good, Mike. Very good. That was a very creative cop-out. <laughs> I thought you guys needed a name for that a segment. Good. That, was good. that was good. Don't, all right. Uh, Allie. Is that all how right. you pronounce that? Yes. Allie, uh, what does stash mean to you? S-T-A-C-H-E. It stands for stoned teenagers analyze the cock heads of each other. <laughs> okay. Let's just say this organization is not for the faint of hard. <laughs> Teenage intellectuals come and gather. 
Teenage intellectuals come and gather for the most stimulating conversations and the girthiest topics, <laughs> all while on mind-arousing substances. These precautious teen analysts go head-to-head -head debating about some of the world's hardest questions. At first glance, <clears throat> this might seem like a bunch of high teenage boys having a penis competition, but I ask you to take a much firmer look. I'm laughing. Hold on, I wrote this when I was drunk. It's all in pieces. <laughs> you see, before the summit, they engage in a series of stimulating rituals. Their pre-summit rituals include going to church and having a feast. Excuse me, getting high, going to church, then having a feast. Mm. A current member, Peter, <laughs> has his aunt chauffeur the members of Stash throughout the evening. His aunt, Nakonda, however, does not like going to church on an empty stomach. You could say his aunt, Nakonda, don't want nuns unless they got fun nuns. <laughs> so the order of operations has switched to getting high, having a feast, and then going to church. They stumble into the nearest 7-Eleven <laughs> and virtually destroy the candy aisle. You could say the ordeal is a wrecked aisle dysfunction. It's <laughs> a good one. Next, the young chaps take a schlong drive <clears throat> to the Catholic church where they will pre-cleanse their souls before embarking on their journey. They kneel upon the church pubes, <laughs> exclaiming, he is risen and he shall come again while never using the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> in the winter months, the boys make sure to give their praises with Christmas carols, paying special attention to the lyrics from Dick the Halls, and emphasize the verse that says, Dong we now are gay apparel. <laughs> Jesus, where does this go? Okay. After the food and praises, the boys move on to the climax of the evening, where the high teenagers proceed to have the penis competition. This organization prepares young adolescents for eventually pursuing careers in stand-up comedy. Hello? <laughs> the end. Very good, Elieta. Very good. <clears throat> Can I just say, she had her paper numbered one through four, and I was like, I, I thought that was for the entire show. <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> order of the story. Very good. Very good, Allie. Um, that was great. <laughs> Very blasphemous, and I don't appreciate it. We're a Christian comedy club, everyone. Okay. Um, Jason. I feel like I'm waking you up every time I talk. <laughs> say your name. <laughs> Just pulling you back to from a mushroom land. <laughs> Potentially... No judgment. What does stash mean to you? Steven Tyler always carries heroin everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Steven is known for his crooning voice, flamboyant style, and face that's desperately trying to escape his skull. <laughs> this is because Steven Tyler always carries heroin everywhere. You think all those flowing sashes are tied off on his arms for no reason? <laughs> How do you think he maintains that starving, girlish figure? Dude looks like a dying lady. Because Steven Tyler always carries heroin everywhere. He's going to close his eyes. He's going to fall asleep. He's going to miss you, baby. 
Because Steven Tyler always carries heroin everywhere. Very good. Jason B., very good. Steven Tyler always carries heroin everywhere. Very good. It's a very abrupt ending to the clap, but okay. There, there we go. There, you know how to do it. Trail off. All right. Uh, Jesse, mm-hmm. what does stash mean to you? Well, it's not often for me that a uh, reorganization actually has something to do with the inspiration behind it. And it's uh, equally not often that I turn a reorganization into a movie makeup. But if you'll just <laughs> shut up and listen for just a gosh darn minute or two, you'll hear that now both of those things just so happen to be happening right now. Oh, my God. Stash was a medium-budget dystopian sci-fi epic offered to Burt Reynolds in 1984 while still riding high on the successes of Smokey and the Bandit 3 and Cannonball Run 2. In Stash, a bare-faced Reynolds would star as a young, go-getting patrolman named Murph Steelstone, who, after being mortally wounded while out on a routine quadruple arson homicide call, is recruited against his will into the shadowy government program Stash, or Strategic Tactical Advanced Cybernetic Humanoid Experiment. (laughs) And so as hundreds of advanced fiber optic strands are implanted into his upper lip, uh, effectively rewiring his entire nervous system and granting extraordinary cybernetically enhanced abilities, Murph Steelstone becomes Stash, part man, part machine, patrolling the streets of ultra-Cleveland, (laughs) while striving to reclaim the shreds of his own humanity that the monsters behind Stash attempted to cruelly strip away from him in order to make him a more easily controlled killing machine. And if any of this sounds somewhat familiar to you, it should, because after Mr. Reynolds passed on the project, the script underwent a few minor tweaks and rewrites and was later used to produce another motion picture you may have heard of, Babe 2, Pig in the City. (laughs) Very good. That was reorganization. Yeah. I'm going to just hit play here and see if it works. There we go. Wait for it. That's it. That brings us to our next segment called the Topical Haiku Challenge that Mike spoke of. See what he did there? Uh, gentlemen and gentlewoman. Uh, please have written three haiku in regard to the following topical story. Uh, a 55-year-old woman uh, suffered from a black, hairy tongue after a car accident left both of her legs crushed. Uh, she took an antibiotic to treat the wound, the wounded infections, and a week later she noticed her tongue turned black and fuzzy and reported being nauseous and having a bad taste in her mouth. Uh, doctors at Washington University suspect her medication was to blame. Let's uh, hear... One haiku at a time. I'll start with you, Mike Silla. Uh, I'm ready for stash. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my haiku, first haiku, is called Lose Yourself. Uh, palms are sweaty, knees weak, legs crushed, tongues black and hairy. <laughs> <laughs> There's vomit on her. <laughs> Very good. Clever cop out. <laughs> Why is this a cop out? <laughs> I told you I didn't have a lot of time. I'm kidding. <laughs> Allie, you're first of uh, three haiku. I finally nailed my Burnt Reynolds impression. <laughs> Smokiest bandit. It's a black hairy tongue. It's a mustache. <laughs> it's a reference to the stash. <laughs> I got it. 
You didn't laugh. I, you weren't done. <laughs> I was waiting. You used to cut off my haikus early. I was just waiting for Did that. I, I was counting the syllables, and I knew. All right. Uh, Jason B., good morning. <laughs> the first, first of three haiku. I like shag carpet. Not rubbed against my pee-pee. <laughs> the burns will soon heal. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Jesse Jones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't like any of these. Just realizing this. Pass? No, I can't. Um, first one is titled Big Harma. <laughs> Big Pharma. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you see? You see this? This is why I don't trust these antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to do this segment, guys. <laughs> if you don't want to, we don't. We, we could because antibiotics keep her. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, it, w- it was it, a weird. I mean, you can track it. It doesn't mean it's funny. It was a weird topical <laughs> haiku Sorry. segment. Sorry. Mike Sella, your second of three haiku. Uh, this is called Lose Yourself Part Two. Uh, <laughs> sweater already. Mom's Bugatti. She's nervous because on the surface. <laughs> Very good. It's going somewhere. <laughs> Ellie, Ellie ate it. You are what you eat. I did eat out a spider. Blame the medicine? <laughs> <laughs> They have eight legs. Which crotch would you go for? I'm just okay. Which <laughs> the lower fourth? The lower fourth. Okay. <laughs> Jason B. I've always wondered. Now I know the one true source of the blue waffle. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Everyone, Google that when you get home in front of your children. Google it now. <laughs> blue waffle. <laughs> Jesse Jones. <laughs> um, at the end of your uh, your description of this prompt uh, it, it said the New England Journal of Medicine reported this. And Correct. You yeah, just decided to omit that sentence which I used later. God, right. this is working so well today. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the second one is titled New England Journal of Waka Waka. <laughs> a black hairy tongue leaves a bad taste in her mouth fucking cute science <laughs> <laughs> very good uh, Mike Sella you're third of three um, let's get her tongue this. is black and hairy she opens her mouth but the fuzz won't come out she's choking now <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good I spoke too soon <laughs> Aliada. in case you're asking yes the curtains match the drapes <laughs> And also the tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Jason B. How did this happen? Who would grow out their tongue fur? Scrape your mouth, hippie. Very good. Jesse Jones, please end this segment. This one I did actually like. Not that that means anything. Third one titled Secret Origin. Lose ability to walk... Gain tongue hair like a gross daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that concludes uh, the Topical Haiku Challenge.
Very good. Very good. <laughs> that brings us to our third of five segments. Oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our next segment called This Was Today Once. Mike Sella on this date, 878, Louis the Stammerer is crowned King of West Francia by Pope John Paul VII. I. <laughs> That's eight. I know. <laughs> it's funner to say. Uh, also, today is uh, National Grandparents Day. Uh, how? <laughs> you didn't know that either, did you? <laughs> See, you learn stuff when you come to. Uh, uh, how'd you celebrate these two things at at one time? Okay, old white people. So. Um, <laughs> All my grandparents are dead, so today I visited my grandparents' gravesite, and I just kind of talked to them. You know, I said, Grandma, Grandpa, um, I'm on a podcast tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Grandpa, when you fell and hit your head on the bathroom sink in 2008, podcasts were barely a thing. Um, well, they're a thing now. Uh, and Grandma, you had Parkinson's over 10 years before you died. I don't know if you remember in 878, uh, Louis the Stammer was named king. But uh, anyway, I, I'm going to miss you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and all was quiet. And then I just I listened. I heard the faint sound of trees rustling and a whisper. I was like, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's Very good, it. Mike. Very good. So clever. <laughs> you fucking hate me. Just say it. <laughs> Alieda. On this date, 1857, Mountain Meadows Massacre uh, happened where Mormon settlers slaughtered uh, most of the members of a peaceful immigrant wagon train. Uh, also on this, on this uh, date, uh, actually today is National Acorn Squash Day as well. Uh, so how did you celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? <clears throat> Look, we all know Mormons are heroes. <laughs> But the Mountain Massacre of 62,000 covered wagons, which contained nothing but infants and pandas, was the Church of Latter-day Saints' fucking finest moment. <laughs> you ever heard of this shit? <laughs> they heard that these fucking sinner babies <laughs> were drinking Red Bull and staying up past 7 p.m. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm really proud of this one. <laughs> With those... <laughs> I grew up Mormon. Um, with those godless fucking pandas, like the soulless monsters we all know they were. Good riddance. Now, <laughs> none of those little shits even try to embrace the noble truths of the holy Brigham Young. <laughs> Since the anniversary of this most holy of massacres falls on, the national, on National Acorn Squash Day, I eat an acorn squash souffle in their honor, but I bleach it white first because, you know, butternut squash has a little too much color for the Mormon church. <laughs> See you soon, brothers. <laughs> very good, very good. If you get it, if you get a chance to go on Wikipedia and read about the Mountain Meadows massacre, it is insane. <laughs> it's a bunch of Mormons that murdered a bunch of other white people, <laughs> not natives. It was crazy. It's weird. I know it's weird to read someone killed in the 1800s uh, that was white. It's very weird. Anyway, uh, or 2018. Um, Jason B. <laughs> on this date, 1921, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, the first Miss America pageant, a two-day event, is held. Uh, also on this very date, 1936, Buddy Holly, American singer, songwriter, guitarist, was born. Uh, how did you, you who, celebrate <laughs> these aforementioned events? 
all combined up. Oh, oh I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only fitting that these two entirely mediocre things come from both New Jersey and Texas. <laughs> only Jersey and Texas could produce this kind of sub-mediocre culture accident that somehow still gets famous. Much like a second-place Miss America pageant contestant, it's best if you tune out when Buddy starts talking about his worldview. <laughs> I celebrate these tandem events by emailing a photo of myself in a bikini to Buddy Holly, asking that he rate me on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> rate you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rate. It's a T. <laughs> rate. Very, very good. Jesse Jones, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to tell you this. Today is no, National no. Salami Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also on this date, 1978, while uh, walking across the Waterloo Bridge in London, Bulgarian dissident Georgi Markov is assassinated by a Bulgarian secret police agent, Francesco... I don't know the last name. <laughs> uh, by means of a ricin pellet fired from a specifically designed umbrella. Uh, how'd you celebrate these things all mashed up? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> National Salami Day. The deadliest day of the Bulgarian year is on National Salami Day. The Bulgarian man and Bulgarian woman exchange gift of carefully disguised benign-seeming weaponry which is used to deploy potent deadly agents. What has it then to do with salami? Nothing. (laughs) And everything. (laughs) And Bulgaria. (laughs) This year, for an example, on this salami day, I was presented with many lovely and masculine gift presents. From my state-mandated partner wife that were of equal parts thoughtfulness, practicality, and lethality. Everything I wear is brand new killing implement gifted to me by the woman I have been trained to love, like Mother Bulgaria. (laughs) The shirt, all fibers dipped in toxin which Bulgarian children develop immunity against from birth. Wingtip shoes... Tightly coiled scorpions, <laughs> deployed with an intricate and precise wiggling of my toes. <laughs> this tie, lava, molten earth magma. Bulgarian skin cannot be burned. Fortunately for us, enemies of Bulgaria are not Bulgarian. So they burn just fine with the flick of a lava tie. <laughs> flick of a lava <laughs> Not to be done, not to be outdone in this awfulness. I also in return present my handsomely plain deep cover female operative with a demure seeming shoulder sling American style purse satchel. <laughs> which is not easily known. Well, mm, what is not easily known <laughs> is how when buckle is pressed, Persatchel releases tight, highly trained bee swarm <laughs> composed entirely of impossible to trace non-sequential bees. <laughs> <laughs> so 
was stupid. <laughs> and so I go now, slipping back into the shadows, leaving behind no evidence of my existence as only a highly trained Bulgarian operative is capable. You will not be able to describe me to the authorities as my features are bland, indistinguishable, and easily altered. Why do you know even if this is Bulgarian accent? Of course you don't. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. Is unknowable. Is secret. <laughs> but maybe is. Let's say is. <laughs> <laughs> For your sake, is better forget, yes? <laughs> this felt a pin full of Ebola juice thinks yes <laughs> is better. <laughs> Very good. That was This Was Today Once. That brings us to our next segment uh, called Movie Makeup. Uh, please have composed a synopsis based on the following movie titles. Uh, all titles for this category are brought to you by WordCounter.net's random word generator. Random word generator. Uh, Mike Sell, the name of your movie, movie. <clears throat> the name of your movie is called Questionable <laughs> Quilt Twist. Quest questionable Quilt Twist. Okay. The whole time I was actually was like, is that a Bulgarian accent? So that's, the, <laughs> no, that's, that's the best version of you. Uh, <laughs> in the fall of 1895 in Detroit, Jimmy B. Rabbit Smith is a young unhappy blue-collar worker from a poor family. Um, he falters during a quilting bee one night at a local venue, and he leaves the quilting barn humiliated. Um, <laughs> at work one day when on lunch break, Jimmy witnesses a quilt battle in which an employee insults a gay co-worker, Paul. Jimmy joins the quilt battle and defends Paul. Alex is impressed by Jimmy's actions. They have sex in the factory. Jimmy's best friend in... <laughs> Jimmy's best friend and quilt battle host, Future, pushes him to get revenge by competing against the quilt leaders of the free world at the next quilting bee. Uh, <laughs> however, Jimmy's late night shift conflicts with the timing of the next quilting bee. Uh, a, good a goodbye visit from Alex, who is moving to New York, changes his mind about competing, and Paul agrees to cover his shift at work as a favor while Jimmy goes to the quilting bee. In all rounds of the quilting bee, Jimmy has to compete against one member of the leaders. After winning the first two rounds, he has to challenge Papa Duck. He wins by exposing his opponent's weaknesses as well as his own. With nothing to say in rebuttal, <laughs> Papa Duck hands the quilt back to Future, embarrassed. Uh. After being congratulated by Alex and his friends, Jimmy is offered a position by Future hosting Future Quilting Bees at the shelter. <laughs> Jimmy declines, saying he has to get back to work and find success in his own way. <laughs> Questionable quilt test twist by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Very good. Mike Stella, so clever. <laughs> Look, I did the best with what time very, I had. That was, very good. That was the plot of Eight Mile. <laughs> if you didn't, I know. I know. Not everybody. Uh, Yada, comma Ali. Uh, the name of your movie is called The Noiseless Demonic Bird. Noiseless Demonic Bird, which sounds interesting to me, even made up. There you go. Yes. Well, Liza Minnelli is the songless demonic bird. <clears throat> the songless or noiseless? Oh, noiseless, sorry. Okay. My it's okay. I got you. <laughs> keep me on track. That's all. Liza Minnelli, <laughs> who plays Xyla Nemeti, is an extraordinary singer and the darling of 
gothic opera houses worldwide. The exalted songbird of the stage coos grandiose melodies to audiences small and large for decades until tragedy befalls her. She is captured by French terrorists and thrown into a cage where she soon contracts an incurable case of laryngitis. Bereft of her voice forever, she is released from her ransom because she no longer has value to the terrorists, a group known as Cido de Coupe. Alone and valueless, she wanders from <laughs> doctors to shamans to naturopaths to Tom Cruises around the world, but no one has answers. Finally, a man with reptilian skin offers her the cure in exchange for her soul. Reluctantly, she signs his contract and her voice returns. But that's the twist ending, though, because Liza Minnelli never had a soul and can't fucking sing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's his hero. Why would you do that to his? <laughs> Two of his heroes died today. <laughs> <I know. laughs> very good, Allie. Very good. Very good. Yeah, clap for her. Clap. You will clap for her. That phone call you got, did you tell the person? You're like, dude, I just fucking learned that <laughs> Bert died, man. And okay. Liza Minnelli doesn't have a soul. <laughs> but Jason B., the name of your movie is called Curved Hot. Zebra. <laughs> Tearing up the runway, this hot new model is taking the industry by storm. She's curvy. She's hot. She's a zebra? <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen takes the fashion world on a prank-filled <laughs> prank zebra sex ride, convincing top agents that he's not only a hot, curvaceous model, but that he's also a female zebra on the prowl for a man to fulfill her carnal needs. Earn your stripes this summer. <laughs> very good, very good. Jesse Jones, name yep. of your movie is called Valuable Yarn Cabbage. Yep. <laughs> Valuable Yarn Cabbage. I didn't mean to do this, but two silly voices in a row, so we'll do it. <laughs> Him. WWII. <laughs> the bigger one. The war to really seriously end all wars this time for realsies. <laughs> While our brave gents were out there giving Jerry what for. <laughs> Back at home during the Blitz, the very idea of eating a well-balanced meal was quite out of the question. And any activity louder than the tapping of knitting needles would certainly cause your home to be bombed by Adolf's Luftwaffe rapscallionry. <laughs> One second. <laughs> and it is so that the BBC4 program, Valuable Yarn Cabbage does chronicle the meteoric rise and fall in popularity of crocheted vegetables <laughs> and the appraisal of the worth thereof of each newly unearthed <laughs> example of these nearly extinct knitted foodstuffs in this cash-in-the-attic-style program. <laughs> Crochet vegetables from wartime Britannia, a collection of ephemera which transports us back to a day when our strength of conviction and blurry-eyed insanity were doled in equal measure in able to ensure the maintenance of our very sanity <laughs> under the constant threat of Nazi incursion. <laughs> Knitted foodstuffs were meant to be an aspirational, a reminder of times gone by and a looking forward to times soon again to come. 
But even more than their simple aesthetic pleasure, crocheted vegetables also served as a covert means of message transmittal between neighbors. For example, two yarny cabbage and a fluffy turnip on the windowsill meant bombing was inbound and imminent, harumph, cold tea and ladyfingers. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> a plush celery stalk and a quilty ear of corn meant all clear till the morrow, pip, pip, biscuits and jam. <laughs> Valuable yarn cabbage <laughs> on channel four. <laughs> you have four options for television. We're one of them, BBC Four. <laughs> Very good. That was movie makeup. Which brings us to our final uh, category of the evening. So sorry, so sorry. Uh, called uh, dating profiles from the perspective of the fictional and or non-fictional. Wow, I mean. Dating profiles from the fictional and or non-fictional. Uh, please have composed a dating profile from the perspective of the following fictional and or non-fictional people or things. Michael Sella, let's hear uh, a dating profile from the perspective of a glass of milk. Or a glass of milk. What's up, baby? I'm a glass of milk. I uh, <laughs> uh, hope you're not lactose intolerant because I will tear that ass up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's right. I like my coffee like I like my women with me in it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I wrote this during the show. Uh, <laughs> almost done. If you let me go last. So, no, it's all right, good. Uh, it's good. It's good. But don't worry. I'm not all about fucking. I'm a romantic. Like if things go well, maybe we can get cereal. Uh, <laughs> Because, baby, I just can't look past your eyes. Uh, oh. <laughs> I like girls and guys. No homo, Janice. Uh, and I'll let you, I'll even let, I'm, a, I'm progressive. Uh, I didn't know how I wanted to phrase this. I'll let you put it in me if you have cookies. Uh, get me nice and warm and I'll sleep with you. Um, bust a nut. There was going to be an almond milk joke there. I couldn't get to it. Uh, <laughs> let me come on your tits. Okay, that's it. Glass uh, of milk. Very good. Very good. Very good, Mike. That was good. Alieda, let's hear that dating profile from the perspective of the Statue of Liberty. Well, I'm French. I'm 305 foot two and a slender 450,000 pounds. <laughs> High heels aren't really my thing. I don't like to travel. I mean, I've done it once before, but I generally like to stay put. As far as for my type, I only let white guys in. <laughs> I really like it when they dominate me. I mean, I'll have sex with a Korean, but I won't invite him over. Does my crown make you horny? I want to start a family. I want to have lots of babies in cages. <laughs> I used to have morals, but those, those are far behind me now. I love explosions and I love killing, but only when they are sentient beings and have names. <laughs> I'm, I'm very confusing and contradicting, but that's just my charm. No homo. <laughs> very good, the Statue of Liberty. What a... Jason B., uh, let's hear your dating profile from the perspective of Netflix. 
Hi there. Just an all-American dude here. I'll admit him into drama, but I also love mediocre stand-up comedy and murder. <laughs> I'm looking for someone who enjoys falling asleep on the couch while I can carry on all night. <laughs> I like paying attention to you and your needs and asking questions to get to know people. Are you still watching Jersey Shore? <laughs> That's okay. I won't tell. You can even share me with up to five of your friends if you want. We'll make a secret safety password so we can take it to the limit. <laughs> Just remember, if you can't handle me at Fuller House, you don't deserve me at Stranger Things. <laughs> Very good, Jason B. Very good. And Jesse Jones, uh, bring it home with a dating profile from the perspective of Cosby Show star Jeffrey Owens. Mm -hmm. Everybody's familiar with the story. Elvin, uh, the, the Trader Joe's guy that got shamed for working a real job. Uh, that guy. Google it, because I have some 1%, 2% whole milk jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Too late. <laughs> so Craigslist, Craigslist doesn't have a, a personal section anymore. So this was actually posted under the gigs section. <laughs> <laughs> with the... Uh, there's so many noises attached to your... <laughs> I feel like there's a cell phone in here. Uh, it's amazing. It really wants you to know you have a message. In case you miss the first seven chimes. There's a whole different orchestra of... Okay. Hey, Jesse, calm down. Let's no, it's fine. Let's get through Look this. up! <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so again... Post under the gig section with the subject line, Dang, I don't even know how to post a personals ad right. Won't you or a crowdsourced group of you help? <laughs> Hi there, I'm Jeffrey Owens. You might remember me as one of the peripheral members of the extended cast of The Cosby Show. I think I was the kind of nerdy boyfriend of one of the Huxtable girls. Even I don't remember for sure. <laughs> Because I'd moved on with my life, gotten a regular job, and settled into a nice, quiet, anonymous existence. And, well, you probably heard how that went. <laughs> so after my experience with job shaming turned into being offered a movie role by Tyler Perry, I'm not at all putting together this dating profile expecting any backlash of relationship shaming to turn into a glorious, sloppy sympathy orgy. <laughs> oh, man, look at this profile picture, why don't you? Look at this old brown 2004 Honda Accord that I apparently drive around in like some kind of idiot. Wow, that's a terrible truth of my regular mundane existence. And it being pointed out to me is a really dick move. Won't someone make things better with, say, a 2015 to 2018 Civic? <laughs> or maybe even some kind of Tesla something? <laughs> I mean, for all the mental stress being doled out on this poor, all-but-forgotten ghost of your TV-watching childhood, isn't it the least someone better off could do? And jeez, I hope nobody makes too much of a fuss about my regular old working stiff wallet and how it only has poor people monies in it. Instead of super rich TV show star monies. I would hate it if someone did that and then someone else felt the need to defend me by giving me the wallet of a celebrity with all the money and free murder cards you'd find in one of those. <laughs> Anyways, I, Jeffrey Owens, formerly of The Cosby Show, presently of Trader Joe's and soon to be on the next Tyler Perry joint, 
just thought I'd take this opportunity while you were being reminded I exist to strike while the sympathy iron was hot. And, and what did I hear about sympathy sloppy orgies earlier? <laughs> sure sounds like something I deserve, you know, all things considered. <laughs> Very good. That was Stab. Uh, one more time for everyone you saw now. Mike Sella, <clears throat> Ali Yeda, Jason B., and Jesse Jones. If you'd like to hear more Stabs, go to one of our many online outlets, the primary which means stabsforgold.com. Stab for gold. Stab the number four gold.com. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or come see us live every Friday night at 10 o'clock here in Sacramento. Good night. Woo! That's it. Remember when you played uh